to Peter and love. It's the love hour. This is big kickoff here between nine and ten. It's Thursday the fourteenth. It's Valentine's Day. Hello, lovers. <laughs> Press play for our little background lovey dovey music now. <laughs> oh, here we go. Here we go. Ready? Everybody, are you with me? Oh, yeah, it's the midnight out, baby. Love is in the air. Oh. Happy Valentine's Day, Roy. I love you. Remember that in the wrestling? Who was that? No. There was a big red face fella in the wrestling in WWE and used to have a little corner. I can't remember what it was called. Someone, anyone knows, text us in at... Brother Love. That's it. It's Brother Love. Oh, yeah. Brother Gary's in here today. We're feeling the love. If you want to text us in, do you say the text number you're pointing at me? I wasn't listening to you. Yeah, send the text in if you know it. Oh, 0870627138. Or info if you say on to the elaborate on the brother love. I love you. No, I'm gonna have to play dumb on that no, one. No, no, start, no, no. No, we'll start that out by the end of the show. No, but uh, yeah, happy Valentine's Day, everyone. Everyone that's out there. Obviously, we've had a breakup this week. Not me and Dave. No, we're okay. We've had it. We've us, us people of Ireland have had a breakup with uh, a certain Declan Rice, which no doubt we'll have a little word about. Gary, what's up? I said I'd stay just for the few minutes to um, stand in for uh, Glenn. <laughs> you, so you have to moan about Cork? Uh, Cork. Uh, you don't Cork. like Cork City? Hey, Cork City. Uh, you have to talk about the video you're in. Did you, oh, the video did you see me I, in video um, in I gave that blue steel look, was yeah, it? Yeah, yeah, yeah. 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 And, and what else? Leeds United. You have to be high as a kite for an episode. <laughs> <laughs> Disgraceful. The poor lad so, isn't even here. I know. He's, he's probably on a hot date somewhere, like the lucky son of a gun he is. Young, young at heart, you know? Young love. Young love. We were all there once. Yeah. Holding hands for three months up and down Leafy Valley. Just Can I just to, say something? I'm not even going to finish that. <laughs> Can I just say something that we notice and then I leave us alone? That um, in work today, that's gone very loud. You can't oh, hear me. Uh, my headphones aren't as loud. Right. That's the problem. But um, yeah, in work today, there was no flowers. In our place, there's no flowers no at all. In. No one came in, not saying for me, but for even the young people. So I think it seems to be a, a dying tradition. I think so. I don't. I didn't see much going on today. Now, as they say, the best things in life are free. You know what I mean? What are you out, winking baby. for? Have you got something in your eye? Yeah, I do. Yeah. Let's <laughs> die. <laughs> <laughs> so we're going to keep up with that uh, theme with the message of love by the Pretenders. The Pretenders, right? Coming up after this, we're going to talk about the pretenders are from Scotland, up by the way, Mr. Rice. Now the reason we're here as man and woman. 
And that was brought to you by uh, Ultrasound's Gary Gibson. That was The Pretender's uh, Message of Love. It's going to be unbearable now because that's the first time we've played one of his songs. Now. Yeah, we there's always going to be a song left. Look, he's delighted with himself. Yeah, yeah. Lock that sure. door, will you? <laughs> <laughs> so, obviously, Europa League, just to briefly... Uh, Quickly go through one or two of the results from the six o'clock kickoffs. Arsenal were beaten one nil away to Bate Borisov. Uh, FC Krasnodar nil all with Bayer Leverkusen. Gareth Tasroy won Benfica two. Lazio nil Sevilla won. Sevilla just spit out the results in the Europa League, don't they? They're strong though, they yeah. Strong. Very strong. Olympiakos two, Dinamo Kiev two. Rapid Vienna nil Inter one. Ryan Nolan was in the squad today on the bench. Um, on the bench, I don't think he came on. I'm just going to click into it here and have a look at the lineups. Defense, no. But uh, it doesn't matter, uh, young lad. I don't think he's actually played in the Irish setup yet. No, he's um, he's like a certain, ru- yeah. Uh, yeah. Well, um, no, not really. But I tell you one thing: we better get hands on him because well, he can play for Spain. That's what I'm saying. And he he's can play exactly for Italy. like that. You no. know. He's, he's, um, but you know, somebody who plays for Inter, you can't not start looking at him. I'm surprised they haven't tried to feature him. But yeah. I don't. Anyway, um, Ren three, Real Betis three, uh, Slavia Prague, and Genk were nil all. Oh, it's just gone two nil. Between Valencia and Celtic, 2-0 mm-hmm. to Valencia. Uh, Denis Cheryshev and Ruben Sobrino have scored. Uh, Chelsea are 1-0 ahead in Malmo. Napoli are 2-0 up away to Zurich. Salzburg are 1-0 away to Bruges. Schachter the next one, Eintracht Frankfurt. Sporting, 0 Villarreal, 1. And Victoria Pilsen, 0 Dinamo Zagreb, 0. Um, it's not the most exciting and not the sexiest of names, but there's still some good matchups. And European football is European football over two legs. Well, there's... Teams in from the Champions League now, Correct. so it does strengthen it up a little bit. And it will get tasty the shorter yeah, it gets. Of um, it will. But you see, they're like, look at Celtic. Valencia yeah. are just far too strong. Celtic aren't this, this, the power they used to be, even like, for, uh, for. You look Scottish back at a time team. when they were really doing well and banging on the door, getting out with the group stage of the Champions League. There was some serious players, and back mm-hmm. in the, the UEFA Cup final run, now they, they came up against the Porto side who went on to win the Champions League the year after. Yeah. That's how good they were, and they competed with them. But they had like Larson and. Sutton and a few of these guys right in that pomp like some good players from England and obviously some uh, up and coming foreign players and stuff so, but they just don't have that pull anymore and they've kind of it'll be interesting to see now that Rangers are back are they going to start splashing a bit of cash I don't know can they I don't know maybe they don't have it I don't know but it'll be just interesting to see have they been just kind of doing enough if you know what I mean uh, so that'll be interesting but anyway we're dancing around it. I suppose we have to obviously talk about the breakup scene. Is this the, the love hour? Poor old, uh, he's made his decision. Um, Declan Rice has declared for England after being with us since probably under 15s, 16s. Yeah. We gave him the best four or five years of our life and he's left us. It's, let's put it this way, it's not a surprise. It's no. disappointing, but it's not a surprise. For anyone, we knew well what was going to happen. For yeah. anyone who's taken that long to reveal his decision yeah, was on the he's wall, never going to turn around and say well I'm staying with Ireland was he so it's yeah. obviously a hard decision um, I think I think he it sounds a lot like he's been guided that way yeah and there's a few people alluding to it um, just my own as an Ireland fan perspective I'm just disappointed that we're missing out on a great player for us um, and a player who we need like as I said we were trying to rhyme off who are our centre midfielders but it's lads who have probably played a game each. There's about six lads who have kind of been in and out of the team for the last year. We've no regulars. He probably would have, he'd be the main man in that midfield holding the, holding the fort for a good few years before 
potential other talent comes through he could be there till he's in his mid-30s and have a, a, yeah. a long career and we're desperate for talent so that's the biggest reason why I'm disappointed I personally for him I hope he doesn't get too much stick I hope it doesn't get silly he's made his mind up now let him just move on and be, be done with him we don't have to worry about him yeah. um, by all accounts Southgate hasn't made any promises the only thing he really said he didn't overly chase him either he just said he would love to have him available for selection apparently yeah. there's no guarantees there's no nothing when he's available and, and eligible there's no guarantees in the first squad I think they will mm. just to kind of make sure they bring him in because if they all of a sudden didn't he, he, could, he could try and he jump ship jump back, yeah. so he'll probably when he's eligible he'll probably be in the very first squad and, again, and get a, a couple of minutes that's a failure of Martin O'Neill's term as manager yeah, to like, have him on the bench twice and not to bring him on and, yeah. and blood him in but that's the stubbornness that Martin O'Neill yeah. brought to the whole thing he was never going to bring young players through properly he yeah. was never going to have footballers in because obviously the, we'll go with the Wes Houlihan thing but Rice was there he was a footballer yeah. he was in the Premier League what yeah. more did he want? So, and there's there's few more examples like could've that. Was it Moldova? He could have Moldova and Denmark, yeah. I think. Yeah. So, and that was the game we were getting tra- trounced anyhow. Yeah. And it was but, there. It was done. That was it. It would have been over. There'd be no discussion. Yeah, but let's put it this way: whoever Declan Rice wants to play for, that's his business. Yeah. I think it really comes down to. I I, I just want to say. Graeme Sionis was on the other night and he, he says here, I look at that statement which has been drafted by a lawyer or a PR consultant mm-hmm. and it just oozes that his advisors are, are telling him for you to fully cash in on your career over the next 10 years or so, you better, it's better being an English player. And, and the, generally that's what it is. If you're really, really proud of being yeah. an Irish man, you will play for Ireland. That's it. it. it, it like, it's, you're not going to fully know unless he ever sits down and really lays it out on the line what was over. And I don't think he will and whatever, but there's no surprise that he changed agents in the summer. Yeah. Um, after the internationals. And then all of a sudden, I don't want to play in September. Is that a coincidence or not? I'm not sure. But then again, apparently he was in the middle of the spat between Keane and one of the spats yeah. that Keane had. And yeah. maybe he was thinking, Jesus... Is this worth and it? And also, in that period of time, yeah. England went on to a semi-final and he and probably he got caught in the wave. Him. And then yeah. all of a sudden, somebody might have asked, would you be interested? Yeah. You know, it, yeah. it's, it's, you wouldn't know. It could be a perfect storm of things. Yeah. You know, the camp isn't the greatest. The new agent maybe drops a, plants a little seed in the head. England are on it right now. Like, it's a bit easy for Kilman and Breen to be given it the big one. Like, they were always Irish people living in England. You know, that's the impression I get from listening to them. The parents and whatever, drumming it in, how Irish they were and going home every summer. It was very much, you were always Irish, even though you're born and bred in England. Well, Declan Rice could have easily just had a normal life, an upgrade. I was born and bred in England, but they weren't forcing anything into him. And he probably was an England fan, wearing the England jersey as a kid anyway, uh, and probably one of them. And being an international in, in your youth career is a, is a big thing. I think, though, what it, re- it, really got up people's go though, was the fact that he was constantly saying that yeah. I'm Irish. I'm yeah. here. I'm playing for Ireland. Oh, 100%. This is when he played full, full international, well, friendly international games. And there's pictures of him giving it the big one when we scored yeah. and after the games and the pride he took and the big hug with his dad after the Turkey game. And it does, like, and, and that's the thing. It, 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 Andy Dunn, who I have a lot of time for with the Mirror, um, wrote a great piece today and I'm just going to use one of his quotes because he's kind of like flirting with what I've had in my head for the last few days not necessarily about Declan Rice but just about the international scene and he says a system that allows representing a country to be a career choice rather than a calling can't be Rice mm. you know and he's very much saying like that's the, it's slowly going that way now mm. you know and 
to say that a friendly is not the same as uh, it's it's an international is an international in That's his it, mind. Yeah. Like does Rooney only has forty odd caps less? Does he have fifteen goals less? No, he doesn't. Because they're still counted. Like uh, he's kind of saying, a, a cap is a cap, and that's the end of it. Yeah. Um, there shouldn't be these uh, grey areas. And he kind of has nothing against them, but it's very much like now it's a career move. And it, I've been thinking about it a lot over the last couple of days that that's the way it is. Unfortunately, with the next few generations coming up, Zaha. It was the opposite with England. Zaha had a couple of senior caps, and then went back to the country of his birth with Ivory Coast. So it's going to happen to us all and it could happen there could be a tug of war with our, uh, players of African origin here in Ireland or in Eastern Europe or yeah. wherever they've come from it's going to probably happen to us and Irish like all over the place it's, and they're going to use it as they say as a career move you know I need to get myself I need to be an international player in order to get better recognition or yeah. better money you know I do think I do think that there needs to be tighter rules yeah. on how you are hmm. or who you're representing so I we were talking about this today yeah. and I basically think that anyone who plays underage football for Ireland so all the way hmm. up to under 18s I think you need you should be this is my opinion you should be born in Ireland to to be eligible to play that's yeah. it so you're looking yeah. after your own so you're not disregarding your players for players we'll just say like Declan Rice who come across and then they decided to change back and then someone else has missed out in Ireland who possibly could have had a chance yeah and then it should be a responsibility on the international teams yeah, to I think strictly so. play your own and then Irish born at a later time Irish born players yeah, not yeah. necessarily Irish based but Irish born players yeah, yeah. and then when it gets to under 21s and seniors that's fine you can play them then but I actually think maybe definitely with the friendlies you should be fully capped then but maybe even go as far as if you're going to represent because when you're 18 you can vote you can go mm -hmm. out and drink you know you're, you can do a lot of things at that age so you should be nearly responsible enough if you go and play for your under 21s that's you representing your country yeah, that's yeah. it so up to yourself what you do but once you make a decision that should be the decision they shouldn't be allowed yeah. to jump there's too many people like Costa gone from Brazil to Spain you know, there's loads it, of them. Just trying to play in a World Cup. Just playing, yeah, so th that needs to stop because they're actually taking away the heart of international football. That's, that's the fear I have, unfortunately. And it, with the modern player where it is all about themselves and there's so much fecking money in the game now, that's what it's about, no matter what. There's no loyalties with your clubs. All our players like Salah enjoy him while he's there because the big boys will sniff around. It's like United with Pogba. Enjoy him while he's there because somebody's going to go and he'll be gone. Watch him. How much? Gone. Mm. It's just, that's the way it is now. You very rarely will get these lads for wearing the red of your team or the green or whatever colour your team colours are for your whole, unless they're born and bred. You're Mark Nobles. They're a dying breed. And it's, unfortunately, it's going to be the same. Like, and even, they're retiring early from international football because they want to have their summers. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. Like, and Paul Scholes was the famous one who kind of got that ball rolling with England and it's happened once or twice with Ireland too. Like, and I'm glad you brought up Paul Scholes because I have a little video clip I love just it. after the break. I love it because I heard it. Did you? Um, I agree with a couple of, a little percent of it. But at the same time, I'm like, you're mad. But it's Matty Holland's reaction. I'll leave it at that. We'll come back after. But the uh, yeah, Career. deep down, uh, it's unfortunate for the type of player we're going to miss. Yes. But good luck to him, and I hope there's nothing, no nonsense. And oh, listen, we go on, we go hope, on, and have a good career. We hope he fails and England <laughs> fail. I mean, we've always wanted. But that. see, this is the thing. Like, <laughs> it's a big risk. 
it's a really big risk. Um, a stack came up, Winks, now, they're not exactly all the centre midfielders, but it's kind of like the playing midfielders in the Premier League at the minute. And it was Winks, Henderson, uh, Dyer, A another, and Royces. Yeah. Stats, the general interceptions, passes, chances great. And he's, he wasn't, there was, somebody was better than him in all yeah. And some of them he was at the bottom and it was very interesting. Now I know the type of team West Ham, but then again they're in the mid table. Mm. You know, I know it's Spurs and Liverpool players and obviously they'd be more dominant. But is he really gonna muscle them out of that team right now? See that's the question. It's a big and risk. It, the question still is, is he doing what his heart wants to do? Mm. Or is he doing, as you said, to boost his career? Mm. And if he doesn't get the caps for England, I think he's well capable of doing that. I don't think that, it, that he isn't. But if he doesn't get the caps that he could could have got maybe mm. at Ireland, he may regret it. Just like we talked about Jamie O'Hara earlier yeah. on. And obviously the he famous one, Jack Grealish. Too. And Jack Grealish, yeah. He'll never get a cap for England at this stage. Now. So it's probably, gone. probably won't get out of the championship. Mm. <laughs> you know, and this is the thing, like, the day show him a path, you know, we'll get you in. Yeah. You get your new contract with West Ham, tick. We'll get you an England cap, tick. Before you know it, you'll be in one of the top four, top six, earning even double the money, tick. And is that the route? And that's what he's really thinking about. Is he really thinking about the three lines and playing in the tournament? Yeah. Who knows? And I hope so for his sake. That's what he is. But as Sunas and a few others alluded to, it all changed once he changed. And apparently there's a couple of pundits who are in the stable of this agency. And over the last year, whenever it was on, say, Match of the Day or any of the programmes where Rice came up, there was always a seed plant that England should be looking at him, blah, 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 blah. Mm. And... Stuff like that in football could easily be going on. Yeah. I wouldn't rule it out. Well, listen, best of luck to Declan and be- yeah. um, and in his career. Said, <laughs> not his international career. Not his international career. Magic scored a winner against us and knocked us out of the, a, like a qualifier or something like that. <gasps> That's nothing about that. Yeah. Anyway, uh, coming up after the break, we're going to have a little uh, talk about Paul Scholes in, in, the, in, the, in, the, in the comfort zone. Yes. Yeah. You're listening to Liffey Sound on 96.4 FM. I think he's been in a bubble all his career and that won't change and this is another example of that so as a player brilliant player no problem mm-hmm. with that absolute winner stays at Man United has it easy at Man United never challenges himself well, I, what do you mean stays at Man United did he ever challenge himself abroad honestly did he challenge himself abroad he was winning things did he challenge well, himself he was abroad? winning things Ronaldo was winning things he went around Madrid Messi's winning things yeah and I've said the same about him has not challenged himself Seriously. abroad so he, should he have challenged himself? No, he doesn't have to. It's up to him. But what I'm saying is he stays in his bubble, in his comfort zone. He never goes out of it. When it got a little bit tricky with England, oh, I'm going to have to play out of position, he just gave up. When England were right on the brink after that 2004 Euros, he just flipping gave up. When it got a little bit tricky, when there was a little challenge put in front of him, he gave up. Management, he goes to Oldham where if it all goes wrong, it's Oldham's fault and that's League Two and they're a small club and what can you do? So there's no. He's a, he's I don't a see any he's challenge. He's a fan and watches games at Oldham. He knows he goes the to players. watch Salford City. What are you talking? Both. He's he just a man in that interview. He watches both, doesn't he? Well, which who does he support? Watch don't them, give me this. He's an Oldham fan thing when he's got ten percent in another club that might be in the same division next season. Well, that's a, that's a load a of rubbish. That that's is. If he wants to stay in a comfort zone all his life, then that's absolutely. Do you fine. think taking the Oldham job is a comfort job? Yes, that's what I'm saying to you. Do you, you because, honestly think because that? Because if it goes wrong, it won't be at his door. He won't be blamed for it, will he? That is not an easy. That is not an easy job. I said it's a brave job. It's a brave. It's brave to put yourself up there. Is anybody expecting anything from Oldham, really? No. Oh. 
I don't know. People, no, no, well, because, of, because it's Paul Scholes who's gone in, probably people will now expect things. What I do see is that his former England teammates are taking jobs where there is a challenge. Derby's challenge is to get into the Premier League. Rangers' challenge is even harder to try and overcome Celtic. Oldham, what is the challenge exactly? If you go up, is it such a big deal? Is there nobody else could do that? It's another example of Paul Scholes staying in his comfort zone. And, and for me, I'm disappointed because it's clearly somebody who's got a lot of talent could play football brilliantly. What, what's he going to do at Oldham? You're at Norton Pascals. <laughs> what do you make of that? Um, I was listening to this actually as it happened, and I loved uh, Matty Holland because he was almost jumping in at the same time as I wanted to jump in going, you don't leave Man United. You know, you stay at these clubs and win things. Yeah. But then the further he went down, it's like, do you know what? You, it's one of them where do you know where you grab that little something and you think you're onto an absolute winner and he's just gone too full he's gone all in um, and there is a bit of shred of truth in some of it but you know why it's because it's Paul Scholes that's what he likes he likes to do his thing he, he probably likes to sit in the slow lane he doesn't want to be in the he doesn't want to be the main man in the headlights he doesn't want to be Beckham he wants to be Paul Scholes sitting in the background but still doing his job on the pitch mm. Oldham's his boyhood club and he always talked about potentially playing for Oldham at the end of his career. So, unfortunately, a man's not done enough there of homework. It, it is his boyhood club. Uh, Adrian Durham. There you and go. He's, he's, he's been on Talk Sport for the last while. Other top radio shows are available. Currently, Obviously. listening to one now. Um, but he, he, he's been on, he's, he's trying to be controversial. He's, doing, he's a bit of, um, I suppose, he's not quite Jeremy Kyle because he hasn't gone down to the gutters. Well, he's doing his but job because we're just, talking about it. He's just saying stuff nearly sometimes just yeah. for the sake of it. Yeah. Sometimes he has good points, sometimes he hasn't. As I, I said, think this time he's just far He probably had a tiny thing. 5% of something and just, as I said, went all in him, but just went completely all over the shop. But that's Paul Scott. I felt like if I was there with him, I was, well, that's him. Leave him alone. He but doesn't want... He, he talked about Barcelona, top, top Barcelona and Messi. Why would Messi leave Barcelona? Yeah, why, yeah and his playing, his playing career is a million percent nonsense. You'd never leave any of them. No. If, no matter what team is top of the table and winning everything, why would you leave? Ah, danger. The Oldham thing. How it's is his it, how, is it, how is it a comfort job? They're, 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 yeah, that's a worse job done, than... They've uh, done nothing for years. It, what, he's, he's going in there to Rangers see... Rangers is an easy job. You've them. one team to be. Yeah. And they're not light years ahead of you. He's yeah. only five or six points behind. Yeah. He's talking nonsense. He used to try and keep them in the league, the football league, keep them professional. Keep them alive, trying to make them survive, budget. and he's probably trying to make them survive because they're yeah. probably riddled in debt. They're probably they having a pot to piddle in, as as they say. Ah, like I said, he probably has something. Like he is, he is right in what he's saying. He likes the comfort zone, but that's Paul Scholes. That's his mentality. So good luck to him. But uh, yeah, fair play to Matt Yalla for for trying his best. But it's a funny one. I think, as I said, I think he thought he was onto a winner. But yeah. yeah, I'd say plenty of people got on and went, "What you on about me?" We might do it in Adrian Durham Weekly. Yeah. Is he um, A little nod, unfortunately, with the sad news of Gordon Banks passing away it was, um, um, at the start of the week. Um, obviously, my one and only... Well, not one and only. I have plenty of memories, but obviously we all know the save. The save. How good is the save? That's a great save. Is it? It is. I heard him saying himself... Oh, he's made many more good, if not better. No, I heard him saying himself when he put say he put his arm out and then when it went over the top of the bar he went you lucky bastard oh yeah <laughs> no, but listen so it's a World Cup it's, it's against Brazil yeah, it's and it's against Pele that's why it's known as the same because of all them ticking boxes but it is one of them every time you see you still look at it and go how did that not go in yeah. and I'll, know, take my, I'll take my uh, put my Glenn hat on yeah he had one League of Ireland appearance that's right Shamrock Rovers I know 
Was it Shane Pat? Oh, no, Sh- no, sorry, Pats. Shane Pats. And uh, I believe that was when he had the one eye. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I know, by all means, I was listening to a few of the, the, the tributes during the week and it, there was nothing but uh, good news and what a gentleman he was. And then, unfortunately, we had the sad passing today of Eric Harrison, who was head of the academy, obviously, during the famous uh, class of 92. And a few of the bits and pieces that was hearing today, and I'm glad it wasn't ignored, but it was very much, oh, yeah, lovely man, blah, blah, blah. But what a hard taskmaster he was. And he was very much a Fergie lieutenant. He wouldn't let them up on certain standards. And he said, even when um, one of the players, I think it was Phil Neville or something today, he said, even when we were in the senior squad and he was looking out the window at the office of the cliff and he seen Beckham being a bit too fancy with the Hollywood pass and he'd be banging on the window and shouting at him, quit the Hollywood pass and back to normal. Like He was always still instilling discipline on him. And the more I listened to stuff like that today, it, that's, as I said, very Fergie-like. And it was easy for them to transition into the senior team then. Yeah. And it was a perfect partnership by all accounts. And Fergie came out today and said that one of the best coaches there ever was. There you go. So, yeah. Yeah, I don't get much higher praise. We're just saying that uh, on, on the way in, uh, I was talking to, I'm going to have to learn his name, Taxi Driver. Again, he's a sports Taxi fan. Driver sports fan. Taxi Driver <laughs> sports fan guy. And, uh, but he was just saying the exact same thing. There's people behind the scenes. There's not just one man who makes the, the club. But again, maybe Ferguson has, has got these people. But Fergie in. would always tell you, though, you know, unlike another grey-haired charlatan who's left that club, it's all his doing if yeah, it was yeah. well. But Fergie always would let you know, and, and it's fairly obvious with the importance of his number twos that he always brought in. And he always brought them in because he knew he had to freshen it up and new styles because he mightn't be able to bring it out. Yeah. Um, and credit where credit's due with him. He, yes, he has the ego, but he also has the recognition of the people around him and, and he needs them. And obviously he would always let people know. And he was always there to help anytime. Sometimes he'd go to people like, before they came to him for advice if he'd be hearing about a manager struggling there's millions of stories about Fergie and what he did for others yeah. it's incredible but um, anyhow a big loss to, uh, massive loss with, with the two and uh, David yeah. tell us who Peter and Love Peter and Love uh, Zimbabwe international played for Coventry City um, and Alan Stubbs always used to uh, let's just say emphasise the and Love and uh, he makes a little cameo in the classic people if you're bored and you want to look at a show that you mightn't have seen before, just type in Fantasy Football or BBC Fantasy Football, Bidine and Skiller. It was in the early to mid-90s. Yeah. It used to be on every Friday evening. It was a cracking show with great skits. Funny. Um, and basically, just listen to this. Um, oh, the astrologer, what, Russell Grant? Yes. He's about to say a little something and then there's a knock on the door and we leave it at that. And it's, uh, is it Ray Stubbs or Alan Stubbs? Ray Stubbs. Ray Stubbs. I think I said Alan Stubbs. Yeah. Oh, Spores and Celtic. Spores. Celtic and Everton. Anyway, moving on. It's Peter and Love. No, he wasn't from Middlesex. I'm only I'm only when he used South of Butters Bar. Who is he? I don't know. I have no idea. Hello. Oh, it's a smoothie. (laughs) Peter and Love. Talking and love. <laughs> the place for commentary. It's Peter and love. <laughs> That's all right, Ray. All right, I'll. There's more. Is there? There's more.
good that's, old race stuff. But yeah, brilliant. if yeah. and that's exactly how he said it when he was exactly. Scoring. And yeah. you know, the, I, obviously, it's not just Badil and Skinner. There's a massive team in the background, but so many things they used to spot. Like, do you know when you see the Tour Die and Soccer AM or whatever? Yeah, yeah. They had it down to a T, and stuff that they've done. Obviously, that's where Soccer AM probably came about. Uh, it's a super show, and I'd love it even to bring it back even for a World Cup or Europeans. Yeah. It's ah, it was a great uh, like. Obviously, it's glorious. And if you can have a look on, fa- on YouTube for fancy football or Phoenix from the Flames, some of the Phoenix from the Flames are just <laughs> ridiculously funny. Just be prepared for one tomorrow. That's all I'll say. On oh our yeah, page. yeah. yeah a- have a look at our Facebook page tomorrow, yeah. and we'll put up one that's just outstanding. Declan Rice. Um, Champions League I will personally keep it brief because I'll be honest I slept on the couch between half seven and half ten on Tuesday night so I literally got to see a five minute highlight reel of United and uh, PSG so unfortunately I can't tell you much other than I've seen all the goals um, and one or two bits of action I'm not saying they were outclassed but you could just see the gap that United still need to get to in order I presume there's a gap between them and the real European elite did it, did it show much on the night a little yeah. bit I think um, Manchester United set themselves up in the way they've set themselves up over the last few weeks. Four, yeah. It was 4-3-3. Three, three. They had, um, I suppose, the team that you thought it would have been. Yeah. Uh, they they put, looked like they put Linda Ralph and Bailly in the back mm. line just for pace. Mm-hmm. Because, obviously, Jones and Smalling. Well, Smalling's not too bad, but... <laughs> it didn't make a difference against them, Bappe, did it? <laughs> he is unbelievable Phenomenal. pace. For the second goal, he had... They had five yards on him and he ghosted. By and he was a yard or two ahead of him for the goal. Unbelievable. Yeah, unbelievable. But basically what happened, and, and, and it was something that i seen a couple of days afterwards that I, I had thought about it anyhow, but it was Arsene Wenger was doing. He is getting serious praise uh, for his punditry on being sports. Um, yeah, on being sports. So, They're uh, loving it. But he was, he was excellent at what he talked about. Manchester United played three in the middle. Okay. And they basically played five and just played them and then the ball never got forward for Rashford or Martial or or Lingard so it it just never took off for Manchester United but PSG just look a hell of a lot more comfortable did they do a job in Pogba yeah did they double up on him or just were able to sniff him out uh, yeah doubled up on him more or less more or less doubled up on him and if we can get this I think we will uh, we'll have a listen to a little bit of Arsene is that all right? absolutely I believe that uh, the two teams are very uh, well focused on not to lose the game and that uh, we have seen all the problems of uh, Manchester United that we predicted before the game. They cannot build the game up, especially at the back. Uh, They cannot make good passes into midfield and Man United has really a lack of ideas to build the game. What Paris Saint-Germain did is they blocked Pogba with Marquinhos in man-to-man marking and uh, when Paris Saint-Germain had the ball Draxler came in behind Pogba and that's where the chances were created behind the midfield of Manchester United and uh, in fairness with a bit more patience like you said Paris Saint-Germain had good opportunities but they were not patient enough to give a final ball and a bit more attention not to be offside uh, they should be 2-0 up. So, yeah, so basically what he is saying is, is that Paris Saint-Germain did their homework, yeah. put pressure on, they're going to try and play out from the back, put pressure on Pogba. If you get two people generally in around him, he's going to lose the ball, you counter-attack. They didn't even get to the Manchester... The ball never got to Manchester United's midfield, Yeah, you know, to progress forward. 
And they're just, they're basically all right. But they were so, even in tight spaces, they were so under control of the ball where Manchester United weren't. So it showed that... And without being critically United, a lot of English teams would have that problem. If maybe, you know what I mean. Maybe, I don't know what Manchester United like, no, But when you look in Europe, when they have players around, they somehow get it out well. In England, they kind of panic a little bit. Maybe not City, but Liverpool would, obviously, with that bloody Muppet Henderson in the middle of the park. If you, look, if you looked at the game, you were thinking, right, a half-time... Are Manchester United going to change it around? They didn't. That's really, what I was going to ask. They didn't did really the mastermind. No. No, they were forced into two substitutions straight away. Martial was yeah, off yeah, and Lingard yeah. was off at uh, half time. So they were yeah. pressurised. Sanchez came So they on. couldn't have mixed it up in midfield then? Not really, because I don't think they have anyone else to yeah. do that to. But they brought on Fred, no? Mata, who went out wide, so you lost any sort of pace. And you brought on Sanchez, who really <sighs> hasn't put a performance in for Manchester United since he joined. He's the w- so they actually, <coughs> they actually got worse as a team, because any time they did go a little bit longer... Yeah, I don't know what Pundit said it during the week. Literally, everyone's gone up by a few percent, which is fairly easy statement apart yeah. from one player and it is Sanchez it's very like what the hell yeah. what are you doing but his ultimate in my opinion and I've said a few times is his effort and his running and just chasing down people and his energy all around energy. and then stuff happens I've never seen him do it for United yeah. well, and I'm sure he has done it I in a game or two but I haven't seen it enough and it's like anyone worth their salt who watches the game knows that's what he's good at and it wasn't this fancy dancy play it was his constant hassle and Chilean style of play not Arsenal or yeah. Barcelona um, so yeah it's a it, it, it's a good I think it's a nice slap in the face to them That not, not in a bad way but to say look there's plenty a lot done and more to do you know and and it was, it was always a massive um statement in relation to I think their first boys have to be defence well I think if you look at their back line mm. you could nearly put a back four in place an there. entire back four an almost. entire back four now I know is it Delat or Delay or whatever Delat I, I call yeah. him in right full maybe, he yeah. maybe next year he might be alright I'm not totally sure on Luke Shaw I don't think he's mm-hmm. able for mm-hmm. it I don't think uh, Jones Smalling uh, Boy Lindruff I think he could buy in two more centre half yeah. centre backs there and uh, you know you have to shore that up yeah has, they have to be competent, pa- or com- uh, competent, uh, pacey, and you know, out and out defenders as well. So and a super result for Spurs, unbelievable. And again, first half they started off slow. Dortmund well, probably got had the better of the first. They half. looked lively in the first half. Yeah. Dortmund, alright. And but Spurs, you know, Sp- I honestly think that they're thing, in a nice group. Things going well. They could go all the way. You know, mm. th- there's there's no team that they couldn't beat. But watch them against. Uh, Barcelona at the start of the year Europe suits them doesn't it I think it does mm. I think it does I, 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 I like that and Harry who I mean they have Son up front and he well, just seems m- to not necessarily Harry who Delhi who well, I'm not Delhi as big as fan yeah, that's true yeah. um, I, well not that I'm as big as I just don't get now maybe it's the English media hype because it's an Englishman and they always do it with the young but some of the plaudits about him over the last couple of years and then I'd watch him and you're like he looks like a good pro but what makes him different to everyone else I haven't seen it now is that just me with I'm st- I'm being stubborn in my opinion. I'm not sure, but um, I just don't see why he's any different to uh, some of the other players that are around of his ilk. Well, he's he's definitely not any better than anyone that's in that sport. He's not better than Eriksson. He's not yeah, better than Son, yeah. who can play in. in the Son's hockey. a super player. Even for him. La- even Lamella is probably as good as, yeah. as Deli Ali. So he's probably getting more praise because he's English. 
Yeah, well, probably. That's not saying that he's not a decent player. So, uh, But just back on the Manchester United game, Iranian TV made the decision to use United's badge from the 1972 season during their <laughs> broadcast of the PSG because, uh, because satanic symbols are forbidden in Iran and United's branding falls into that with the devil in their And crest. just before we go to a break, just a quick heads up. Uh, there's about 10 minutes to go in all the Europa League games. Uh, Valencia still tuning up and we'll just stick with... Uh, kind of the British Oils teams Chelsea are 2-1 up away to Malmo okay. so uh, there you go and uh, Napoli are 3-0 up I'll mention that one because they're running away in their game so uh, yeah that's them uh, more coming up after the break as soon as I flick it back across and we'll see you in the next well, well they're usually about a minute minute and a half aren't they yeah in this Peter and Love yeah. hour tune to Lippy Sound 96.4 FM Man, he's creepy. Do you remember him now? Like, it's like... Brother Love. Bright, bright, sunburnt red. Just... I love... He should be on the register. Anyhow, there you go. (laughs) That was back in the WWF days, and it was on Eurosport. Yeah, that's what I've seen on the thing there. Unbelievable. But, um, yeah, basically, last thing about football. Do you know the, the Mexico, USA, and Canada have the 2026 World Cup? Yes. And remember back in 94, USA needed to... One of the kind of stipulations was you need to set up a professional league it's the whole legacy yeah. kind of thing and they came up afterwards Canada are obviously doing the same and they're obviously going to be starting seven years early but the Canadian Premier League is going to be kicking off this year uh-huh. now there's only seven teams in it and it's the length and breadth of the country so there's going to be a lot of travelling serious travelling but it's interesting some of the names like York 9 FC they're kind of normal names it's not going to be like the Edmonton whatever or Vancouver this that okay. or the other um, so there's a little few interesting things but basically um, they're saying there's a serious growth in the game now with the Premier League and the streaming and the and sport and they even mentioned the likes of FIFA the popularity of FIFA people really know certain players from around the world from playing even the video game so the game is coming on in leaps and bounds so six teams have been created from scratch to join FC Edmonton who were refounded in 2018 so the project is not without its challenges and this that and the other but basically by April, more than 140 players will have been recruited across the seven teams and the league has implemented strict rules designed to benefit the national side. So they're trying to do it with seven years that if they can get three or four out of this and really push on and have a good competitive connect, yeah. like home You're team. Home, you want to do well. So basically the squads must have between 20 and 23 players and only have seven foreign nationals allowed in each and six Canadians have to be in the team starting 11. Ooh. Um, a minimum of three domestic players in each squad must be under 21. And those players must play a minimum of a thousand minutes in the season. So they have to play the young kids. So whether that'll stay forever, that's a different story. But definitely over the next seven seasons, you're definitely going to see that, as I said, to try and unearth that next player. Because they mention one or two here. Alfonso Davis, does that sound familiar to you? Yes. Yeah, he went for 15 million, I think, from someone in the MLS to Bayern Munich this year. He's Canadian. Um, Scott Arfield of Rangers mm-hmm. and then there's a guy uh, Balu Tabla is another of the nation's bright young things he's a 19 year old winger and he plays for the Barcelona's reserves so they've one or two little smatterings of players and obviously with this now over the next seven seasons it could be interesting um, yeah that, that's it's, it's always interesting but it's a nice plan to try and get a couple of players to really give them that chance as I said for 2026 hmm, I wonder if they'll integrate it with the uh, MLS and have some sort of uh competition there because well I presume they can qualify for the the CONCACAF is that that region their Champions League but will they have like a 
like an inter-league kind of thing. Yeah. But as far as I know, there's only seven in it this year. There is no playoffs. Okay. It's going to be just a good old-fashioned league. Hey. Um, so it'll be interesting to see how it goes. Uh, just a quick one on Anthony Joshua has finally uh, got his date in early June against Big Baby Miller in Madison Square Garden. Big Baby Miller's not too big, is he? He's 22 stone. Yeah, but height-wise. Oh, yeah, well, I think that's why he's called Big Baby, because he's small and thing, but he's 20 bloody two stone. Um, not the greatest of... Like, he's a good record, as good as Joshua, but he's not. Um, this is a massive step up. If he's the real deal or not, I couldn't tell you. He's a heavyweight. He's got I've a puncher's chance. I've seen a couple chance. of his fights. Um, player fighters is not fantastic no. compared to others. But unfortunately, Fury and Wilder are tied up. Dillian White, been there and done that. There was not much else. So I think this is purely just to get his face out there in the American market before he takes on one of the big two that are out there still left is in Wilder and Fury yeah. um, will it be the start of another big fight out there potentially he kind of dropped a hint a little bit this week so y- you could easily see him out there before Christmas against one of them two boys I wouldn't be surprised mm. in Vegas because as much as it's really took off in Britain and and what have you and filling out Wembley by all accounts a 20,000 20, full, full, full house in Vegas with box office still eclipses it money wise and the whole lot so yeah. it's a kind of very much watch this space so yeah that'll kick off and um, what would it be like now if Joshua got beat <laughs> ah, that'd just and throw see, this everything is the, this is the crazy thing about um, heavyweight boxing that can ha- that can one, that's why there's always bunch. the fascination about these bloody uh, yeah. heavyweights because as much as he should win and his record speaks for itself against this guy yeah the size of him and he can be rocked as we've seen so yeah. nah, it'll be yeah. a watch this space um, League of Ireland's kicking off um, from tomorrow, uh, full fixture list. Who have we got? Waterford are at home to Shamrock Rovers. Shamrock yeah. Rovers really need to kick on this year. Yeah. And, uh, oh, I should have got his name. I haven't got it on the tip of my tongue, but they've bought in an Austrian striker. Yeah, they, re- they released they've been that looking for, yeah. yeah, They've been looking for a striker for a long time to sort of finish off their so team. It's a bit more of a foreign influx this season, I've noticed, with yeah, a few of the teams. Yeah. Not massive, but a little bit. A little bit, yeah. It's starting to creep Gerardo in. Bruna, he was on Liverpool's books yes. for a few years. He's come into Derry City um, and a few others. But one or two kind of impressive people on loan from England and I yeah. always thought not too much but I don't I always thought why don't they do that especially with Championship and League 1 going instead of him going down the leagues why don't you play top and in the summer as well it's a perfect time is, yeah. um, so Derry City and I have done that um, I think uh, go on keep going with the fixtures anyway uh, St. Pat's Mighty Pat's St. Pat's are at home to Cork so it's <laughs> the, the love of his life but in fairness uh, Pat's would be interesting now Pat's are being tipped do you know the way Waterford were tipped last year yeah. to be in the top four and potentially a bit further yeah, Pat's are being tipped to be that team this year um, obviously Chris Forrester coming three year in. deal they're expecting a lot out of him yeah. and I've just seen uh, Harry Kenny there talking about his qualities so yeah. really like putting him up there it didn't happen at all from up in Aberdeen and one no. or two bits have come out where there's been a couple of deaths like I think it was his brother and right. then somebody else in the family like really he got hit for six over the last six yeah. months so maybe bringing him home family and apparently he was, been, he was riddled with homesickness because of it bringing him home into the comfort zone you might really see the, 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 the old Chris Forrest again and everyone will be loving it because yeah. Pats were a great side back then um, um, Dundalk our home great to win uh, down in Cork last week to win yeah, the President's Cup yeah. which is our they have, the have to be favourites again this yeah. year for the league Derry City at that's home that's on RT am I right in time uh, could very well be yeah. uh, and Bohemians Super and, and Finn Harps uh, this is actually a big game for the two of them I know yep. it's the start of the season and it's probably a stupid thing for me to say but uh, Bows have taken a few losses uh, in the summer or in mm-hmm. the, the, the winter break 
and they don't exactly they're not exactly flush with cash and Finn Harps obviously coming up mm-hmm. uh, they're going to be looking to just to stay up so this is a big game for Bowes and, mm-hmm. and, and Finn Harps you know this could be a valuable three points towards the end of the season that w- basically what I'm saying is I think Bowes might struggle a little bit this year uh, but there you go uh, but interesting to see where the where the uh, the, the Premier League is going to go this year because Shamrock Rovers really have to challenge and yeah. they can't be oh massive they can't be in double figure points behind the leaders because uh, this could be the year where regardless of the project and regardless of the stable this yeah. could be the year where Bradley will be under pressure. I think if he's yeah, not getting. Closer. I think if he's not getting, he's, there's going to be a change yeah. in direction. Yeah. Uh, just in the first division because we like to talk about the first division. Uh, it's kicking off next week. It's kicking off next week. Yep. Yeah. Will Shells finally come back? Um, what do you think? <laughs> I, I don't know because there's a couple of decent names that have been brought in. They really threatened last year, but you just don't see that the first division, you kind of have to wait for a few weeks and see who's coming in. I've got to be it's honest, like some of the players that come up, you, some of the players that have come into them, I wouldn't be 100%, but as you said, it is very like the championship. Yeah, um, you're not too sure who's going to come up, but anyhow, uh, ne- next week uh, you have the Limerick, Longford, uh, Galway play Shelbourne, Drogheda Cove, Cabin Teeley will play Bray, and Athlone will struggle against Wexford more than likely. <laughs> I presume Atlanta are still in the same position, are they? Yeah, I don't think there's a- yeah. anything there to be positive about. And speaking but of this. More than likely, the favourites and uh, a friend of ours between the stripes. Yeah. Uh, Kieran probably. Uh, I'd be going for Longford this year. I just have a feeling that Longford are going to be. Let's see if we can get him on tonight to give us a little background. Might well, do. Give First Division a go. Um, are the phones back? <laughs> not yet. <laughs> well, then maybe not. <laughs> Please help us. We're we, poor. we can. We can. Uh, Morse code. <laughs> uh, speaking of seasons kicking off, the F1 season is kicking off over the next few yes. weeks. I'm sure you've seen loads of pictures of all the new cars and whatever else. Got to be honest, snails. I I haven't <laughs> got in it in the last couple yeah. of years. Yeah, yeah. I don't. There was know. a couple of seasons ago. It, there was a proper race. I think it was between Vettel and Hamilton, two or three. Seasons. There was a there was a season where it kind of like. Ah, it's not because you know, usually after three or four uh, races, you kind of go, "All right, that car is the best." Not necessarily the driver, but that car is light years everyone else. And Mercedes had that for two or three seasons, and now Ferrari are fighting back a little bit. But yeah, there's it's a bit like the Premier League. There's two or three that are just too far ahead. We need Jordan back. <laughs> yeah. You know that, yeah. that that made it really interesting. Yeah, because you've got um, Renault um, who have really struggled and obviously famously Alonso was with them the last couple of seasons and it was horrible, horrible car for him and he did nothing and hence why he's gone over to America. Daniel Ricciardo's come in yeah, um, and by all accounts it's going to be potentially much of the same this year but oh in the next year or two we're going to be right in the middle of it and it's like listen we know you've got a serious uh, wedge of money and that's where you're really gone but I hope for your sake it is because he's a, he's a top driver but it's cutthroat in this game like if he doesn't do well there he's gone yeah. he's not going to go back up to the top no, like, he so smile he, he needs likes. he needs Renault to be strong yeah, so that, no. that's the only thing that's interesting um, I see cricket I don't like cricket. Oh, no. Uh, yes, Captain Paul Sterling <laughs> led from the front as Ireland secured a 15-run victory over Host Oman in their opening match of the T20 Quadrangular Series. Quadrangular Series. That means four teams. <laughs> Is that what it means? <laughs> Thank you for... Oh, well, a triangular series be oh, a three-team tournament. What does quarterfinals mean? Anyhow, <laughs> um, Ireland ranking has left Warwickshire... Warwick, sure, yes, after 11 years and will play in this year's interprovincial series in the Northwest Warriors after being awarded a, f- mm. uh, awarded a full-time contract, which is 
amazing for him. <laughs> Jeez, you're, you're scraping the barrel there. Yeah, aren't you? yeah. Um, a little bit of basketball. James Harden is the guy with the beard. That right. He plays for the Houston Rockets. But basically, he is tied for second now for the, uh, it was his 31st consecutive 30-point game. Mm. And the great Wilt Chamberlain, he's equaled his record. Number one, Wilt Chamberlain with 65 consecutive games in the 1960-61 season. And the ironic thing is his 31 consecutive se- uh, sequence was in the same season. Ooh. So for 91 games that year, you got 30 or more points. Phenomenal. Uh, so yeah, so he, I just noticed that and it was interesting. I was like, oh, all right, fair enough, because he said he broke Chamberlain's record and I knew Chamberlain scored an absolute buttload of points. And uh, ironically, it was, <laughs> it was, uh, it was Chamberlain was number one. Um, last night on TG4, I watched a bit of it myself, was the Athlone Grand Prix, Indoor Grand Prix. And as I can see, you're going into it there now. And I watched a great race, the 400 metres. Now, Tommy Barr is a 400 metre hurdler. But he did a great race, I think, with a Dutchman. And uh, he kind of fell over the line at the last minute, but he just missed out by 400 to the second. But the big news was Kieran McGeehan. Set a new indoor record for the 1500. Mm-hmm. Did you see that? No. I didn't see it. I literally that. caught it late. It just said, uh, like, at Lennox I was like, what the hell? We are desperate, desperate for some uh, top-class athletics. Yeah. Anywhere. But it's a cracking venue down there. And, not even track and field. Just anywhere. Because watching any of the major international I competitions, we just don't... Ha- there's no one there to, to spike on that interest. You know? Yeah. Yeah, 100%. Like, Kira McGain is, is flirting with it. Um, and she's done well in the indoor circuits. And she's done well at under-23s and junior level. And now it's like, right, it's now or never, really. Is she gonna, has she got it to really get in there and mix it with them? Um, records are records. You know, she's done better than what she's done before. That's impressive. As you can see the picture, Tommy Barr. He literally gave it everything to try and nick it right at the end uh, from the Dutchman. But uh, it just, as I said, 400, it was a cracking race. He was he'd done his usual, sits at the back and then finishes strong. But it just wasn't to be. But as I said, that was more just uh, a bit of a trainer. He's a 400 meter hurdler man. So it, uh, the indoor circuits just to build up the miles and get the, get the engine going. Just something we touched on. I uh, just forgot to say couple of weeks ago we touched on uh, Blackpool and uh, the fans have rejoiced as uh, the 85-year-old owner, uh, the Oyston family, are gone. They're officially gone. They have been put into receivership. That was on Wednesday night, spelling an end to their three decades spelled at Bloomfield Road. And the tweets that are coming out are just people rejoicing. I can only imagine. Amazed that they can actually go back and now and support their, their club. So... Uh, Basically, all the money they made from the Premier League went into their pockets. Into their pockets, yeah. And that's why it hurts the most for the fans, and that's why it's disgusting. After all that work to get there, they then went, screw it, we're getting our money back, good luck to you. And the club has just rotted since they left. It's awful. And this sums it up uh, a tweet from uh, Game Jam HD. Yeah. Blackpool FC, Oyston is gone, boycott no more, we are free. It must be horrible to have a club that you can't go and watch because you know that every single bit of your money has gone not into the club, but it's gone into their yeah. pockets. And yeah, no, it, was a like, hard, it. it was a hard protest because and they just kept going week and week and month after it's month. It's ridiculous. And I've said it a few times lately, especially after I watched that bloody Sunderland till I die thing. And even this, you know, some of the sugar that we moan about as United and yeah. Liverpool and Arsenal fans. That's why I don't really get into half all the time because I'm like, do you know what? We're a spoiled shower. Yeah. You know, be just, just are, we, are you playing well? Are you enjoying watching your team? Move on. They're not dying in the league too and being shafted by the... Like, I, could you imagine 
trying to get up on a Saturday morning to go and watch that like, yeah. and try and get yourself up for that and it's your local club and you've been watching them for years and then this who you hope and trust to, to look after them ah, you know we're spoiled and, and we're, very and, lucky and, and these are towns are not even probably cities but these are places where people they revolved their life around these football clubs 100%. just like we said Sundar until I die they all that's about their everything is working to go and get the money to go and see their club and they're exactly the same with Blackpool so delighted to see they're free just before you stay I just want to say one thing about the Manchester United game the other night that sickened me <laughs> the booing uh, chanting yeah. of Angel Di Maria mm. uh, bottle thrown abuse fair play isn't absolutely though. no need for he it he picked it up and pretended to drink, pretend drink it but there was absolutely no need for it he's a player that didn't, didn't do anything wrong at United he didn't fit because he didn't fit into the game plan it was mm. nothing got to do simple that was it he just didn't fit under Van Gaal uh, so yeah I mean there's idiots everywhere and there was plenty at Old Trafford that night Continue. yeah um, and speaking of uh, it's the night of love Handsome, I say, smells fantastic. David Beckham. Oh. Just leave that there for a minute, David Beckham. Mm. <laughs> right. Sorry. Anyway, he is getting a statue outside the LA, LA Galaxy. He stand. is not. He played there for six years, would you believe? Yeah, right? he did know. And he only played something like 112 games. Did he? In six seasons. How was that? I don't know. Oh, that's probably because he didn't progress, did he? Injuries and... He went on loan That's and right. his memory stayed a bit longer yeah, for yeah, one or two yeah. of them and a few injuries. But I couldn't believe he only played that amount of games. Now, don't get me wrong, dude. He was a monster move for them and really kind of smacked the league. And gave, he, he did give it that boost without a shadow of a doubt. Yeah. The MLS is, 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 uh, is a serious league now yeah. and uh, others followed. So, yeah, apparently he's getting his statue. I don't know when or where. And obviously his team are going to be starting, not this season, the season after, Inter-Miami CF. So he'll be heavily involved in, the, in in Major League. Well, he obviously still is now because yeah. he has to start building his team. But um, yeah, he'll be back in 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 as an owner uh, next season. The MLS, even though the standard isn't amazing, it still is interesting. You know, I so. like watching the kind of half an hour magazine show. I think yeah. during the week, and they show all the goals and stuff. And you know, there's some good football. And it's and you know what, the fans, the chance might be the greatest, but they're buzzing and they they try and have their version of ultras and Especially Seattle of 60,000 when the ball goes over the halfway line <laughs> just by the third base <laughs> <laughs> so yeah so it, fair play to them anyway so good luck um, the European Tour has fought back against the US PGA Tour and it now will have the biggest um, winner's check in World Golf Ooh. the very final game the DP World Tour yeah. the, the World Championship um, at the end is going to be 3 million dollars for the winner now FedEx have doubled their bonus money this year right so instead of uh, 10, I think it's the, but the bonus pool has been doubled and the European Tour have done something similar so the last three tournaments the Net Bank um, the Turkish Airlines the Net Bank Challenge and the DP World Championship so it's going to go from 70 to 60 to 50 yeah. and 2 million dollars for the Turkish 2.5 million for the Net Bank and 3 million dollars so serious money for the winner and then the 2 million bonus pool is going to be between the top 5 instead of the top 10 so you're going to get more so it's just their way of kind of fighting back and getting back some of the some of the best of their own and maybe to entice obviously your Rory McIlroy because he's only down for two European Tour events this year I presume one of them is the Irish and yeah, you know so. so it'll be very interesting. But yeah, it's gonna be it's gonna be interesting now. And maybe a couple of Yanks might be involved as well and come across because I know it's about a month later. So there could be a bit of if if it keeps going as strong as it is, there could be a bit of flip flopping between both tours, trying to mix it up a bit and maybe a dual 
winner if you know what I mean yeah. because we always threaten because one or two people threatened the idea of wouldn't it be great if Tiger tried to do it for a couple of seasons when he was in his pomp and be top of boat order of merits because yeah, he probably yeah, easily yeah. would have done it yeah. it'd be nice to see him on that tour though wouldn't it oh yeah 100% yeah. and then lastly uh, the draw has been made for the Davis Cup now you know it's a, a national event like yeah. a and it goes across the whole season. This is the first year. It's going to be like a World Cup style over a week. Okay. And 18 teams are in it. Six groups of three. The six winners and the two best second place teams go into the quarterfinals. So basically, instead of five games over the three days, it's going to be three games. I think it's two doubles and a singles. I think they're the best of three. It's going to be very much done on the day. Onto the next game, onto the next game. Three group games, or two group games, and then the quarterfinals. I am. Um, Great Britain have made it, and I think they're in with. Kazakhstan and Netherlands I don't know the rest of the draw I just seen the format because I wanted to see how it worked yeah. I thought it was intriguing and it might be something of interest it might bring a few neutrals in yeah. um, it's, I couldn't tell you where it is but I know it's in November so it'll be interesting to see how it goes yeah because I've always found that with the Davis Cup it seemed to go on for so long that you never random. could keep up with it and, and then random, random weekends yeah, and then so. all of a sudden oh here's the final and it's yeah. like how did Britain even get there because obviously yeah. you would have watched it a couple of years ago when they were in the final yeah. and Murray done the job with, with the rest of them so hence why cricket 10 thousand day international you just don't <laughs> catch your attention so. just a little yeah. mention to the cricket um, I can't think of his first name but bowler Gabriel has come out and apologised today for what he allegedly said to Joe Root because Joe Root was famously heard on the camera going he can't use that as an insult mate there's nothing wrong with being gay so everyone's like what happened what was said yeah. because that was the only thing that was being picked up so allegedly he's come out and said oh you like boys don't you do you know the way they sledge in cricket and he's trying to allege that that's all he said now we whatever said I don't know Root's probably moving on and whatever it is but Nasser Hussein it was like he heard Martin Luther King for the first time they were the greatest 12 words I've ever heard in my life now listen credit to him 100% but calm down Nasser if it was the other way around and it was a, the West Indian on an Englishman would you have said as much yeah. you probably would have pretended it was never said because let's not bitch about an English cricketer but try and find it it was him and Atherton and Aynor and it was like Martin Luther King came back and gave the I have a dream speech without shadow of a doubt tip your cap to him but calm down OTT um, but yeah so that was cotton, uh, cotton the mics and the, the stump mics so allegedly he was kind of giving it the big one like uh, whatever sledging I, he, said, I, he alluded to say but he, fair play to him for a t- oh, he stood up and said no not good enough mate yeah. you know yeah, um, yeah. so that was it so yeah a doctor cap to England man Joe Rick. see two mentions of cricket tonight <laughs> I don't like cricket oh yeah so I've hoped you've enjoyed our love hour um that's about all I have love you Roy yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I think say it on air go on Yeah, (laughs) and I love you, uh, Spurs fan taxi driver. If you're still listening, yeah. (laughs) See you next week. (laughs) That'd be good. Hold on, just keep going for a minute. Uh, Coming up next is uh, just as music, 14th February. So it's not leaving live repeat. Coming up after this little bit. Take it easy.